214. Unity. Rain jiggled his foot impatiently, watching from his position on a crate as Mig and Dell worked. The pair were hunched on hands and knees as they sanded their way across to Merity's freshly planked wooden deck. The wood wasn't structural, simply frozen, half embedded in the pikrete, to create a surface with better traction. Keeping them clear of icy buildup was a tedious, labor-intensive, and low-skill task. In other words, it was one of the few things these two chuckleheads were qualified for. Rain had debated forcing them to do it with toothbrushes, rather than the traditional sandstone bricks, known as holy stones in English. He'd also debated straight-up expelling the pair from Ascension. Selling secrets to the bank hadn't been their first offence, after all. Ultimately, he'd decided to stay his hand. With Sanna verifying the truth of their words, he'd been astonished to learn Mig and Dell had thought they were helping. After selling the dagger and flashlight, they'd hurried straight back to the ship, offering Smelt the money for the items they'd borrowed from Slock, and informing him of the sucker they'd swindled. Calling them pigeon-headed was an insult to pigeons, no mistake, but if he threw them off the ship, he wouldn't be able to keep an eye on them. There were also their families to consider. Quack! Rain glanced to the side, spotting Dumpling, Ujesh's tame fatbird, bearing down on the hapless pair. Uh-oh. Rain glanced at the timer on his HUD, then swore and peeked into his cupped hands, inspecting the slowly crystallizing purify anchor. Getting off the crate would be a bad idea at this sensitive stage, as would be enabling his macros, but a manual cast wasn't out of the question. Forceward. Run for it, Dell! Mig shouted, scrambling, only to be bowled over by the blubbery monster. At twice the size of a turkey, it was no small impact, and if not for Forceward, it would have ended quite badly. Both were still sent tumbling, the fat bird rolling quite a bit further, but quickly righting itself and rushing at Dell this time. Rain also felt the impact as a draw on his manner. The matrix of magic between his palms wobbled, but didn't destabilize. Whoa! 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 Wow! Dell shouted as Rain let out a sigh of relief. Tossing aside his holy stone, he sprinted for cover. Sorry! Ujesh yelled, the tamer rapidly sprinting toward them from the bow. She won't hurt you! She's just trying to knock you over! It's how they show dominance! Mwak! Dumpling cried in confirmation. Bad chicken! Ujesh shouted, diving for her. Down! Damn it! You two don't run in a straight line! Zigzag! Zigzag! Rain found himself chuckling, watching as the fat bird eluded Ujesh then tore off after Dell in hot pursuit. Eh, he called. Are you two working or playing? Seriously, Mig shouted accusingly, getting between Dell and Dumpling in an attempt to head her off. Happy to change her target, Dumpling cannonballed into his stomach, making him let out a huge oomph as he was sent flying. Don't just sit there, Dell yelled, hauling Mig back to his feet as Dumpling rolled back to her feet after the rebound. Help us! I am helping, Rain said, adjusting forcewood just a tad higher. Ujesh made a heroic dive, intercepting Dumpling's next charge 
and managing to brush a hand against her feathers. Down! Like a glowing golden wire, a link formed between the tamer and his bonded monster, making Rain sit up sharply. It was the first time he'd seen any connection between souls other than the one linking him to Dozer. In response to the empowered command, Dumpling pulled her feet into her body, plopped to the deck like an enormous water balloon, and rolling a few times before coming to a stop, upside down. Not for the first time it crossed Rain's mind that fat birds might be related to slimes in some way, and the idle thought was apparently enough for him to lose focus. The link between Ujesh and Dumpling vanished as swiftly as it had appeared, the tamer already busy scolding his feathered partner. Show's over, I guess. At least I saw the link, though. I'm making progress. Slowly. Leaving Ujesh to restore order, he checked on his anchor, then sighed as he looked longingly at the horizon. Five days. Five full days they'd been stuck in East Spa, counting the half-day of their arrival and the half-day that had slipped by since morning. Five full frustrating days, filled with work, distractions, annoyances, and a sense of impending doom. Rumours were flying every which way, making it almost impossible to get a clear picture of what was going on in the South. But they'd pieced together enough to know the Empire's army was either retreating or holding position. The soldiers hadn't been reduced to a thin layer of meat paste, buttering the countryside as one might expect. Whatever Vatrice had done with the citizens, and she had done something, Brain was sure, it hadn't been dealing with Fetch's armies. No. He expected she'd gone for the head, hurling the citizens against the source of the problem deep in the heart of the Empire. The worrying part was that she hadn't returned to mop up the mess. Feeling more than hearing a tiny crack, Rain cursed, then clamped down on the magic between his hands and gently guided the dissonant threads back into place. If he lost the craft with only two minutes left, he'd scream. I need to solve the problems I can solve. A spy satellite would be nice, though. Working his jaw, he looked up to find Mig and Dell still struggling to catch their breath, while Ujesh rolled Dumpling away like an overstuffed footstool. Shaking his head at that, he returned his focus to the timer on his HUD, waiting patiently. When it finally hit zero, a small chime sounded, and there was a clink as the completed anchor dropped into his palm. The slightly cracked crystal was white and smoky, like a piece of dirty quartz, and about the size of a kidney bean. Bind unnamed anchor. Purify. Tier 2. Yes? No. Tapping yes, Rain took a moment to name the anchor, then smiled as he saw its listed quality on the display that appeared a moment later. Detection anchor zero. Okay. 4% quality. Location self. Detection anchor one. Fail. Quality 12%. Location Barstone Harbor. Detection anchor two. Okay. 2%. Temerity mess. Radiation Anchor 1. Okay, 8%. Temerity Bridge. Immolate Anchor 1. Temerity Boiler. Purify Anchor 1. Self. 12%. 
nice. Even with the crack, that's the best one yet. Every level makes it a little easier. I might be able to do a tier 3 now, without it coming apart on me. I'll try tomorrow. For now, I'll just get this where it's going. Mig! Rain shouted, summoning a keyboard and typing with one hand to update the anchor's location. Mig jumped, spinning and tucking his sandstone brick behind his back like he'd been caught with a stolen cookie. Almost immediately, having realized the silliness of what he'd just done, he brought the holy stone back around and made a scrubbing motion with it in the air. We was just about to get back to it, Captain. Honest, we wasn't slack. Rain raised a hand as he banished his keyboard, cutting him off. You were about to get back to it, and you weren't slacking. But never mind your lazy grammar. He held out his other hand, displaying the anchor on his palm. Take this down to the mess hall. Put it with the purple one. In the wooden box, in the cabinet, behind the counter. Do not let it touch anything metal. Do not drop it. And for the love of everything clean and bright in the world, do not sell it to anyone. Meg winced. Yes, sir, he said, dropping his brick with a clatter. Deserve that, sir. He rushed over gingerly, taking the anchor with a look of extreme concentration on his face. Del, go with him. Rain said, closing his fist and letting it fall. Dell saluted. Yes, yeah, sir. I'll see it gets there, sir. Come on, Mig, let's... Forgetting something? Rain asked, bringing the two of them up short. He pointed at their discarded holy stones. That's not where those go. Put them away before someone trips. Does that mean we're done? Mig asked, hopefully. Rain silently looked down at the small area they'd sanded then craned his neck to scan the vast expanse of frozen deck behind him. He fixed them with a blank look, one that they wouldn't properly be able to appreciate through his visor. Does it look like you're done? Well, with us leaving tomorrow, I figured you'd have the mages clean up like the first time. Mig trailed off, then sighed. Yes, sir. You say jump, we ask how I, sir. Fifteen minutes, Rain said. Deliver the anchor, get some water and a snack, and then get back to it. I'm going ashore soon, but don't think I can't keep tabs on you from anywhere. If you make enough progress by the time I get back, I might send Sessa and clubs to help you. Loaf around, and you'll be scrubbing all night. You understand me? Yes, sir, Dell said slapping Mig on the shoulder, then stooping to scoop up the holy stones, dumping them into the bucket of sand they'd been using as an abrasive. Rain rolled his eyes, putting the pair out of his mind as he settled back on his crate and triggered a status update. Progress report. Marker 1. Dozer forgive me. Marker 2. E-spar predate. Span 5.0 days. Skills. Anchor aura plus 15,150 experience, 1 to level 5, plus 4. Heat Ward, plus 1,460 experience, level 14 to 15, plus 1. Prismatic Intent, plus 2 experience. Synchronization, Recovery, plus 0.2. Endurance, plus 0.6. Vigor, plus 0.3. Perception, plus 8.2. Speed, plus 0.1. For all that it covered five days, 
The dialogue didn't list much worth talking about. He'd finished off Heat Ward at last, and Anchor Aura was making progress, but prismatic intent was still languishing. At first glance, the perception sync uptick seemed impressive, but it had mostly come in the first few days. Recovery and vigor had bumped up slightly, just from him remembering to periodically drain his health and stamina. He had no idea where the speed had come from, especially with how slow everything felt. I should add jogging back into my schedule once we get to Yelfin. He glanced at the clock. Why does time slow down when you're looking forward to something? Shaking his head, Ring concentrated on his rings. Spreading the points he'd shifted to focus, back across his other stats before reactivating his macros. After the warden had punched through Mental Ward like it wasn't even there, he'd made some upgrades. One possible vector of attack that had occurred to him was that someone with high-rank channel mastery, or a similar tick-shortening skill, could time things perfectly to slip through the gaps. To fix that hole, he'd invested no small amount of soul time into coding a passable pseudo-random number generator. That had been on his to-do list for a while, ever since he'd tired of rolling a die to select the next song on his mental jukebox, but he'd kept putting it off because of the gaps in his knowledge. There was a huge difference between having heard the term linear feedback shift register and knowing what it meant, let alone building something with one. Eventually, though, he'd cobbled something together that seemed to work through educated guesses, trial and error. Combined with some optimization of his low-level code, his defensive macro could now switch at just under 1 kilohertz, 1,000 changes per second, selecting a random aura each time. Each spell was assigned a weight from 0 to 1, determining how likely it was to be selected. The algorithm was far from cryptographic perfection, he was sure, but he couldn't imagine anyone cracking the pattern presuming they could even keep up. After setting the weightings how he wanted them, he glanced at his clock, seeing he had ten more minutes to burn. I need a distraction. Might as well get a skill unlock out of the way. That should keep me busy for a hot second. Smiling, Rain opened his skills window, considering his two options. Utility Auras has a better chance of giving me something utterly busted. But Offensive Auras is more likely to have something I can actually unlock. Hmm, well, more likely isn't likely, so utility or as it is. He braced himself, then pushed the button. There was a brief sense of strain. Easily endured, as it damn well better have been at this point. Then a new skill appeared at the bottom of the window. Utility, zero out of fifteen. Entities may use the active skills of other entities within range and in their party. Utility user may match any health, mana, and stamina costs. Maximum skill tier, 1. Focus. Maximum skill rank, 1. Range, 5.8 meters. Requires 10 ranks in Empire of Will. Requires 10 ranks in Empire of Grit. Requires 10 ranks in Empire of Brawn. Requires 10 ranks in Hidden. Rain's eyes narrowed as he read the world fading to the background. There was a lot to unpack here. First off, this skill sounds totally awesome. 
One person has flight, everyone has flight. One person can teleport, everyone can teleport. It does say party though, so that limits the insanity somewhat. Groups of eight, but no limit on number of groups. That's bizarre now that I think about it. Not many skills mention parties. Is the effect complex enough that it needs the added oomph of a party link to function? Or is it just a nerf from the system architects? Rain waved a hand, dispelling his pointless speculation. Regardless, it's still OP. More so if you consider the requirements. Having the Imperial Auras, including the Hidden One, which this all but confirms exists, means having all the wells, which means having all the seasons. If I could unlock it, I'd basically be a god already, but granted, I cheat. A normal person would need to level prismatic intent to get the most out of all those skills. If only it wasn't such a pain in the... He shook his head sharply. Nope, I'm done whining about that. His interface moved with him, as he let himself fall backward, blocking his view of the sky. He barely even noticed the puffy clouds floating idly behind the blue windows. Looking at this, if the usable skill tier scales with focus, then the usable skill rank probably scales with Unity's rank instead. Is it capped by the donor's rank in the borrowed skill? It has to be. Otherwise, someone in my party could use Prismatic Intent at rank 15, while I'm still stuck at... With one hand, Rain reached up and flicked himself in the forehead. Anyway... It says active skills, which rules out passives like intrinsic focus. But what about metamagic? That counts as active, right? And what about something like aura synergy? If Tarni was in range, would his aura ranks count toward my total? Assuming no overlap. I'm gonna go with probably not. What about stacked shot, though? Could Amelia use it with shots she doesn't have? He sighed. Questions, questions. The tier scaling is testable, at least. Fiddling with his rings, he found that the max tier of a borrowed skill dropped to zero, below 100 focus. He had to sacrifice a little health to push the stat high enough in the other direction, but at 1,000 points, the tier limit jumped to two. Well, shit. By that pattern, it's 10,000 focus for tier three. He clicked his tongue. So much for flight. I suppose I'd have Empire of Will, though, so maybe it's not that unreasonable. Let me run the numbers. Empire of Will, 0 out of 15 plus. Boost focus by 58 for all entities. Range, 5.8 meters. Cost, 20 MP per second. Requires 50 ranks in Utility Auras. Requires 10 ranks in Essence Well. Assuming the focus boost scales with level... That's 870 focus at max rank, times 2 for channel mastery, times 2.5 for amplify aura, times who the hell knows for aura compression, and aura synergy. No, the real limit is going to be tolerance. It's 100 times your level for silver, and unless it changes again at gold, he sat up sharply. I can bloody well ask. Even if Halgrave won't tell me, because of whatever bullshit reason, Velika basically promised to give me that kind of info. I just need to catch her when she's conscious for more than 30 seconds. Rain muttered a curse. As his ability to see souls had grown, 
so had his awareness of just how bad Velika's condition was. Compared to her, he was the model of spiritual health. Santa says she's improving, but I haven't noticed a difference. It's like somebody punched their fist into a cake and clawed out a huge handful to nosh on. Still, if she's pulling herself back together, does that mean she knows soul food? She must, having been raised by a citizen. Hells, she can break the damage limit and muscle her way through lair boundaries for crying out loud. Next time she wakes up, I'll ask her if... A chime from Rain's interface brought him up short, and he blinked. Then looked at the time. A rush of excitement ran through him, one that had nothing to do with skills, souls, or anything else of that nature. Finally! Swiping away all his open skill windows, he opened his macro configuration instead, and switched it from a passive posture to full combat mode. He then further slanted his wards to word force before reaching up and raising his visor. The sudden tickle of wind against his cheeks almost made him slam it back closed, but he gripped his teeth and pulled his trembling hands away. The wards are enough. The wards are enough. The wards are enough. Hey, Amelia said, the golden glow of her soul washing over him as she approached right on time. Hey, he said, scrambling up off the crate and over to meet her. Ready? I've been ready, Amelia said, brushing a strand of hair out of her face, then stepping up to kiss him. As she pulled away, she slipped her arm through his. So, where are we going first? Rain grinned, guiding her toward the gangway. Have you ever had ice cream?